It's <laughs> Dr. Stu's podcast with me, your host, Dr. Stuart Fishbein, community-based practicing obstetrician and longtime advocate. It's hard for me to look over that one. So just for birth choices. And I'm here as usual. Well, actually not as usual because we're in your kitchen. We're not at uh, John's studio with the best co-host in the business. My friend, the mysterious one, was young. He's looking very lovely today. And me, I'm looking very scruffy today. <laughs> Check this out. Ah! We'll talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. That's in my to-do. Oh, God, I made a, I made a to-do list. I know, so. No, some of it's ranting. Some of it's to-do. Uh, some of it's questions. I've got a couple of questions from some listeners. Uh, we're live on Instagram at Birthing Bliss, and we are live at uh, Dr. Stu's podcast on Facebook. So you can find us at either place. The one on Facebook will will record itself, so it'll be there, and then we'll add it to the Dr. Stu's podcast website um, later this week yeah. or early next week. The sound quality is my favorite. We're going to start working. Yeah, we're going to get new mics. Yeah, yep. Just when we get new mics, John will open his studio back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's good to have this. It's good to have a good mic anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. So how are you? Tell me about what happened. This Do you want to talk about what happened? Really? Yeah. Or not? Yeah, I'm going to talk about this week. Yeah. I, I yeah, have, interesting, I yeah, interesting week. week. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, because uh, I'd really like to know how the decision was made and all that stuff, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Okay. So, um, well, I'm going to start with, with Sunday. So, Sunday evening, I got results for a mom who did oh, a... Right. Um, That's on my list. Who did an NIPT test. Do you want me to hold that? No, no, go. Okay. Um, I got my old big someone who had a uh, HVAC with me last year and is pregnant again and very excited about um, getting the results back, um, t- mainly because she really wanted to know the gender they were hoping this time and um i've never had a result come back um flagged for an nipt my first one that i had to actually deliver the news you and i co-cared a couple of people where you found things on a ultrasound and oh yeah we were there together a few times um but i called um Stu on sunday and just asked his advice because you know i i didn't know the best way to um, give someone news that, you know, could be really heavy. And you were great. You said, thank you for taking my call on a Sunday, by the way. Um, but you said, you know, this is news that you don't want to wait for. Um, you want to tell them right away. And so I called them and told them that um, we had gotten results back for 54X. No, 45X. 45X. 54X would be a real problem. 45X Turner's, which is Turner syndrome. Correct. And um, I didn't know a lot about it, so we started to do a little bit of research. But um, we, uh, Dr. Stu offered to see her the next day and said that if there were not markings um, on the ultrasound, um, that would be a positive thing. So it would be good because, you know, everything's going on. She's a Kaiser patient. Um, she would, it might take her a while to get that information. And I'm sure some of yeah. you might know when you're waiting for that. It's the problem is sometimes I've had patients tell me that they've got a problem where they, they're bleeding or whatever. The Kaiser takes a week or two to get them in for an ultrasound. So yeah. uh, we got them. We did, I did a little bit. I want to just say one thing about, about telling them right away. Okay. Yeah. Um, I believe in telling people right away if they're available but say they were out of town on vacation and it wasn't going to change anything, I would probably not tell them. I always said this before when I used to, a friend of mine used to go on vacation and I would watch her dog for her. And if the dog ever got run over, she would call me and check on the dog and I would say, you know, if the, the dog was always fine. But if the dog ever got run over, was I going to tell her while she's on vacation? The answer was no, I'm not going to tell her that. There's no point in telling her that. But since no one's going anywhere right now and everybody's home, and I thought it was important to tell people right away. Yeah. So we both looked it up a little bit. And, and what's really impressive, I mean, what's really amazing about Turner syndrome is that apparently 99% of those conceptions will miscarry or be fetal demises early in pregnancy. Before 12 weeks. Yeah, well, I don't really know the number of weeks, yeah. but they'll, they'll, so only 1% will survive. And 75% have, 75% have something called a cystic hygroma, which is a big loosened area on the back of the head and the neck and the spine. And it's almost pathognomonic for Turner syndrome. There is, we see it in other things, but it's very common in Turner syndrome. 
And so that's the nuchal translucency test that we also hear about. All yeah, time. this one is just so much more, even more obvious than just a slightly, yeah. a slightly thickened nuchal translucency, which is more commonly seen in doubt. This right. is an obvious yeah. edema, edema of the back of the neck. Right. So what, what, so what happened? Um, so, you know, I think the thing for me about that is it was, it was very complex emotionally, you know, to care for this client, given that she wasn't a brand new client and I had a history with her and a relationship with her and, um, to, to know that she was desiring a girl and to, you know, like be professional, but knowing that I had feelings. And so, you know, it was just, it was a very, she was very excited about having a girl and I felt conflicted about being excited with her. And it was just a lot to navigate. Um, she and I talked the next day and I decided I would just tell her exactly how I was feeling. And it was really lovely because she wanted me to know that it was okay for me to have feelings about Sky and to leave that into our relationship as her midwife. And for a second, she thought I was gonna, I said, can we talk on the phone? She thought I was going to break up with her as her midwife. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm here oh. the whole time, no matter what. Um, you know, and uh, I just am in awe of this mama and how she's mm -hmm. navigating this um, just so gracefully. And um, as far as I know, at this point, they're, they're planning to continue the pregnancy regardless. But They are. Um, they are. Yeah. So that's a journey that we're going to walk with. Yeah. And, and the next step after seeing them at 12 weeks and doing an ultrasound that looks perfectly normal is is to offer what we call informed consent and to offer them to see a genetic counselor. Yeah. All right. One that we can maybe pick that's not going to be really a scary one because genetic counselors can be scary because that's the sort of the job mm -hmm. is to tell people all the, the things that can happen. Right. And then they even go off on tangents and tell them about their other risks of things based on their age and other things that most people in our group don't really want to hear anyway. And then the pathognomonic diagnostic test for this is, is an amniocentesis because 45XL on a NIPT test does not mean the baby has Turner syndrome, all right? Because there are other reasons why it can do that. And generally, and I don't have any, I don't think anyone has a lot of experience with this, but when you see a baby that looks perfectly normal on ultrasound with that result, I did give a call to the laboratory. I spoke to the laboratory director and he told me that the most likely in this case is that it's either the mother has carries some of that in her blood, in her genetic makeup, or the placenta is made up of something called a mosaic. It's got different, it's got normal 46XX and some 45XO. Because about 90% of the free DNA that's tested in this, when they do this test is mother's DNA, and only about nine or 10% is the fetal DNA. So they can't be sure that it didn't come from the mother and that the baby's is actually 46XX. But since the mother had two previous children and in at least one of her other births, she had an NIPT test, because I asked her about that yesterday, mm -hmm. and she said that it was normal, then that makes it less likely that it's from the mother. So that leaves something called placental mosaicism, and that's fairly likely um, in this case. So doing an amnio, you're only going to get cells from the fetus, whereas in the maternal blood, you get cells from the fetus and the placenta and therefore you can't differentiate. But since they're gonna probably keep the pregnancy no matter what happens anyway, they may decline the amniocentesis. Because there's risk to the amniocentesis. Well, there's a small risk, yeah. yeah. The risk is about one in 600 of miscarriage. Yeah. So it's a very small risk. Yeah. But it's, not gonna, it's probably not gonna change their management any. And then we would follow the baby a little more closely because I don't know if there's, I'm gonna have to do research if there's any data that shows that if it is just placental mosaicism, is that fetus at risk for growth restriction or maybe um, preeclampsia in the mother or something like that? Could that could the placenta because the placenta is funky? Could it do that? I don't know. So if anybody knows, um, certainly please send me an email at askdrstu at gmail.com, but I will be doing my research and anything I find I'll bring up in a future chat. Well, you know, I think there's a few things about that about in terms oh, of... Oh, they want us to... Can you speak up a little bit? No. <laughs> Thank you. Can, can anybody... Can everybody hear us? We know the sounding here echoes a lot, which is why we need to get microphones. We're working on it. You know, is that better? 
Mary, never mind. Mary? Never mind. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Does that mean you left us? What does that mean? Uh, okay, no. hopefully you guys can hear us. Okay, we got a thumbs up okay. on Instagram. Um, so in terms of informed consent or um, counseling on this, I feel like I learned a little bit about how I'd like to manage things in the future. So the NIPT test, when you look at the statistics on the NIPT, it says that it's 99.6% accurate. Is that sensitivity or specificity? Do you know? I have to look. Okay. But because, then, because you, know, you know, I mean, not everyone knows the difference between sensitivity and specificity. So briefly, sensitivity is a test that's positive when something is wrong. Okay, so a metal detector at the airport is highly sensitive. A specificity is a test that's negative when nothing is wrong. So the metal detector at the airport is highly sensitive, crappy specificity. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So what I heard was it's it's very accurate in finding the chromosome, but not only twenty percent accurate, right? On on defining whether or not the baby actually has Turner. Like there was a. I don't remember that number, but I, there was twenty percent in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Big big discrepancy between the two. So when when Stu and I were talking on Sunday about how to let her know the information that I relayed was these are these are almost never wrong. They're very accurate. And so and then we found out that that there's a large um, margin of error in terms of defining whether or not the baby actually has Turner syndrome. Well one of my one of my colleagues in my office this year had a patient who had a normal NIPT and the baby was born with Down syndrome. So they missed that. Yeah. So it's not Yeah. So you know, I had an experience when I was pregnant with my they wanted me to, uh, they did an ultrasound, they found something wrong with low amniotic fluid or growth or something, who knows, and then they had me wait three weeks for follow growth. Um, and that during that three weeks, I was a nervous wreck. And so for subsequent pregnancies, I didn't do ultrasounds, I just declined them because I just felt like I wanted to enjoy my pregnancy and not have an experience like what our client is having right now. So somewhere along the line, I stopped talking clearly about that there could be an error in these results. And so I think when I get counseling in the future, that's something I'm going to really make sure. Yeah, it's remote. I mean, there's nothing that's 100%. Yeah. I mean, even amniocentesis can have error simply because of, of human error. Yeah, but 20%. Yeah, I don't remember what that number yeah. represented, though, so I, 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 can't, I can't say. I think, I think it's pretty... I think the sensitivity is pretty good. I think the specificity is still in the 90%. I, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but I don't know for Turner syndrome. I just know that the numbers that I had when I looked it up, that 99% die in utero. Right. I have no idea. And then that um, there's classic ultrasound findings in more than 75 to 80% short limbs. It's hard at 12 weeks to see that, but the fact that this baby looked perfectly normal. And the analogy that I always use in my office with clients about stuff like that is is that if you lived in the same house for 30 years and you go out for dinner and you come home and you open the front door and the chair in the hallway has moved six inches from where it normally is, you know immediately something's wrong. You don't know if the dog hit it, was there an earthquake, is there somebody in the house, what, but you know something's wrong. That's the way it feels for any skilled ultrasonographer who puts an ultrasound on a 12-week fetus is that either they look normal or they, right away, they look funny. Mm -hmm. And this baby looks mm -hmm. normal. Mm -hmm. So... We also found out that, that this is the most common genetic disorder behind Downs. Right, but it's also Downs babies have a the most Downs conceptions miscarry as well. Mm -hmm. But not I don't I don't think it's quite as high as ninety nine percent. And and then we now we have this NIPT test that we can do so much earlier, so we see probably more of these that we wouldn't have. They would have miscarried, right? Yeah, or they would have. Yeah. Before they do the the normal genetics. Right. They would have. They would have come in at. They would have started bleeding at 14 weeks, and they thought, oh my god, I'm miscarrying a 14 week fetus when it actually died at eight weeks. Right. And it just stopped there for right. six weeks, right? Okay. okay. So that, that was, was a, yeah. That was a. That was Monday, it's Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday, you know, we, I, as, a, as a midwife, we deal with normal, healthy pregnancies, and I had a mom who was 30 weeks who um, was having bleeding and contractions, um, so she went and saw you, and you screened her. What for Emma? They didn't put my list on. Yeah, that's right. That's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. I think she probably has a small abruption. We just can't tell that. 
She had a fall, very little, um, fell off like, what she thought was a chair. <laughs> three days earlier. Yeah. Yeah, she fell on her butt. Yeah. She was sitting down on a chair that wasn't there. <laughs> oh, you're laughing. Well, her yeah. husband said, yeah. there was never a chair there. Yeah. I don't know what you were doing. Right. Um, but anyway, so that was, um, so she's yeah, on so she, pelvic rest. But she's at risk. Uh, her cervix was a little bit short. Um, was she the one with the cord that was down mm -hmm. in front of the head? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is interesting because she had a 20-week ultrasound uh, somewhere else. And I looked at the report. Liz sent it to me. And I'm looking for where's the cord insertion site. Because that's something on a 20-week ultrasound that you're supposed to look for. Where does the cord insert into the placenta? Because you want to rule out velamentous insertion or marginal or even a phase of previa. And so here's a fetus with a mom with a, at 30 weeks with a placenta that's low-lying. And there's, there's a loop of cord in, the, in front of the baby's head, so it's essentially a funic presentation. And she's having bleeding, right? But she wasn't bleeding by the time she came in. And I could not find the cord insertion, so I don't know. I could tell it wasn't a vasa previa, but it could be a very low insertion of the cord right down by the, low, by the lower part. And then, you know, she had a small brushing, which puts her at risk for preterm labor, Mm -hmm. And her cervix was, was 4 centimeters at 20 weeks, and it was 2.9 centimeters um, at 30 weeks. So it's something to keep an eye on. It's just a risk factor when women have unexplained bleeding in the second or third trimester, even in the first trimester, but especially in the second trimester, it is a risk factor for preterm labor. And I've seen it enough times to know that it actually is true. Mm -hmm. So we want to really take it easy because we obviously want her to get to at least where the baby's not going to have to spend time in the NICU. And also, to, she can get to 37 weeks if possible, so that Liz can do her birth. That's right. 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 Um, and then Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, what a week. Yeah, that's a week. So, Wednesday, I had my normal prenatal visits, and I had my mom's 39 weeks. And um, she came in, and she said she had had a dry cough, so she had her face wrapped. And, you know, like you you and I have been around each other a couple times. You're like, I have this cough, I'm not sure, you know. I've had a cough. So she needed to redo a GBS swab because it was positive the first time. So I wanted to give her an opportunity to test again so we, we could discuss um, declining antibiotics. Um, and so I sent her, you know, she came and washed her hands. She went into the bathroom, did the swab, came back out, sat down and said she had had a fever. <laughs> and we had talked like two or three times because she had been having some sensations that, um, that she thought was preterm labor. This is her third baby. And so now we have a dry cough and a fever. And so I said, you cannot be here. Um, of course, I was taking all the precautions. I had masks and gloves and all of that. But I felt like I needed to check her baby because if I had someone in my office and I didn't check out her baby, that would be irresponsible. So I measured. I listened. Um, I took her temperature. It was 100.4. And her pulse was 136. Her blood pressure was normal. Baby sounded normal. So um, I sent her on her way um, and called um, you, and you said she needs to get tested uh, for coronavirus, which I kind of sent her home to rest and just see what was happening. But of course, that was what needed to happen next because she was so close to her due date. Yeah, we, need to we needed to know. And I had told her, you know, if you have a fever, I, I can't take care of you. If, you know, if you have a fever in labor, I have to send you to the hospital. She was a Kaiser patient. So I called a midwife that I have her number. That's a midwife at Kaiser. And we talked about her a little bit because she had been caring for co-caring for her and told me where to send her for that test. Um, so it, she said that they wouldn't do a rapid test unless she was actually in labor. And she needed to go to um, one of the urgent care sites where they do a drive-through. And that they, the result would be done within 24 to 48 hours. They would do the other test. Okay. The ones are under the I don't, I don't, I don't know the rules. Yeah, about so that this is what she way. told me. So I told them when they went to urgent care to just tell them that they, she was in early labor and that they really wanted to advocate for a rapid test. Yeah. Um, so they couldn't do the rapid test there, and she was too close to her due date, so they sent her to the ER. Um, and she got tested. Um, and then she, her husband called me. I went to, I told him I was going to bed to let me know because it was late. He called and she was in labor, no fever, positive test. Oh, was Did you tell me that? I don't think I can do that. Positive test. So I said, okay. He said, I assume we have to go to the hospital. And I'm in your house right now? <laughs> Wait. Oh. Yeah, keeps, keeps going. It's better? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Um, so I send them, I send them. <laughs> 
I said, of course, nobody drop off now because I'm not being irresponsible. Um, but it is an interesting story. So um, she goes to the hospital um, to have her baby in the hospital. I give them advocacy information about going home as soon as possible and that the fact that they might want to separate her and her baby. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking, okay, I've got to be in isolation now. I've got to tell all my clients and, you know, this whole thing. Um, and then he calls me back and said she was mistaken. It was actually negative. Do you want me to send you the result? And I said, absolutely. So I get a result and Corona negative. So now they, they're saying they'd like to go home and have the baby. And I'm kind of in a pickle because she's had a fever and a dry cough. And I know people have had negatives and the fever comes and goes with Corona. And so I'm in an interesting situation um, and don't really want to expose anyone. Uh, Rosa, if you have a question about that, you should email me at ask. Dr. Stu at gmail.com and I'll respond to you. Okay. Um, so, so basically they went back into the hospital to check and see if she had time to go home. Um, and they, she went in, this is the story I've been told so far. I haven't been able to connect with them directly. Um, her husband said that she went in, the baby had D cells. They offered to break her bag or give her a C-section. This is a mom, this is her third baby. She broke her bag and her baby came. Okay, so did she have, did she have, did she have polio? No. Okay, so what was the fever from? Did she have just a cold or a, a respiratory infection? We don't know. We don't know. But it's unusual just for the baby to suddenly just have D-cells in early labor, right? Well, I don't think she was in early labor anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was booming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because right. the baby they 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 talked to me at like five o'clock and the baby was born at five forty. Did they? Did they? Yeah. There was no separation of mom and baby. She advocated to not be separated, and they went home maybe eight hours later. Great. Good week. Interesting week. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to questions. Well, first thing I have to talk about my birth this week. Oh, yeah, you had a birth. Yeah, which has gone essentially viral as, per, as far as Dr. Stu is concerned. Yeah. yeah I, I made a post this week on a, on a, on a set of twins that uh, delivered on whatever day that was. What day was it? <laughs> was 29th. It was the 29th. It was the 29th of April, so whatever day. It was two, two days ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she delivered in um, San Diego, and... Um, it was beautiful. The first twin was breached. The second twin was vertex. Came down vertex. It was transverse, but came down vertex. Mm -hmm. Forty minutes apart. She was thirty-five weeks and six days. So uh, that's fine for twins for me. Mm -hmm. Like she's she's so funny. She says she says you told me to get to thirty-five and five. <laughs> and she she went to labor when she was thirty-five and five. Right. And broke her bag at one at one thirty in the morning and delivered at six o two and six forty two in the morning. And how Five five and six eleven, mm -hmm. and the second one was the bigger one. Mm -hmm. um, so a little more discordant than they're both perfectly normal for twins at that age, but still a little more discordant than I thought. But I only met her. I only had I only, I only had one live prenatal visit with her. Her her home visit was scheduled for today or uh, uh, for tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> it was yesterday. No, two days ago. What's today? It's Friday. <laughs> First. Oh, yeah, it was Wednesday. Okay. God, you lose track of time, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I so I, I, I put a post on. I took a cute picture of them, and I got permission from the family. I put a post on, and I put a little, like, a COVID-19 caption on it, a cute little thing, and it just took off. It's got over 200 shares, which is a lot for me. It's That's got over 40,000, what do they call it, views or whatever else or, or whatever. And then it's got, uh, I don't know, and, and then even on Instagram, it's my most popular post on Instagram. Into in a year and a half of being on Instagram. But it was because of, of what they said, right? Oh, thanks. That's, Yay. Yeah. It's no, I'm, I'm getting his name is floating around in uh, twin mama groups. Yeah, and I'm right. getting all kinds of um, you know, inquiries now from people like uh, a doctor at Johns Hopkins University, an OB at Johns Hopkins, wants to do uh, interview me. That's set up for next week. Interview about. About home birthing in the time of COVID, I guess, oh, as physician. Cool. I'm not, I mean, I'm, 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 it'll be really interesting to see how the interview goes because mm -hmm. she was a doctor from Johns Hopkins. Mm -hmm. What's her angle? We'll find out. Yeah, and 
And then a couple of people who have Instagram uh, or podcast things are going to want to interview. I mean, this sort of this one has just really made it take off. One post, who, who knows why a post just takes off or not? That's a Malcolm Gladwell question, I guess. But did you say what the no masks for us? Yeah, it was the two babies, and you said no masks for us. Well, I did it, I did it as if I was the baby speaking. And you said when we retired of... Hashtag sheltering in place for, 30, <laughs> for 36 weeks. We, we sheltered in place for 36 weeks. We're busting out. We want to get, yeah. We're coming out. That's it. Right. No, no more lockdown for us. Right. <laughs> no, it just it was cute, but still, it just kind of caught... It just, I don't know why it caught on. Uh, you know, I've caught a lot of clever posts. You do, you do. You do have a lot. Yeah. The caption was adorable. Oh, thank you. Thanks very much. <laughs> All right. So if everybody's hearing us. Okay, so what, what do we want to talk about now? You My hair? Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I really got scruffy. I mean, if I, if I, if I do this, All right, I start to look like Albert Einstein, okay? See that? I think they need a little more, more length to go with Albert Einstein. Well, no, but I will probably have it because <laughs> I, I was supposed to have a haircut this morning. Mm. But yeah. They said now there might open on the 15th, so they moved it to the 15th. But I did I did take these pictures here, and I just want to show them. This is me, okay? You can see that. You can see that. That's me, okay? What's the difference here between me and our governor, okay? But he has a haircut, you mean? Yeah. Maybe he's just looking at. No, 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 no. He gets he gets to have a haircut. Maybe his wife cuts it. You think? I think I brought my clippers. I go to your backyard when we're done. No, I just think I just think uh, it's one of those things where it's you know it's, what's good for you is not you know it's not necessarily what's good for me is not good for you. It's sort of the elite versus the rest of us, and it bothers me a lot about the things that they're traveling. You know, I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but I know that this week uh, Michelle Obama gave a, a phone a phone thing in Washington D.C. You know, one of those solicitation calls telling people to stay in place, wear their mask, blah, blah, blah. And then there were pictures of her husband playing golf. Yeah, golf, golf. Um, Without a mask. Golf, what are they called? Of course, they yeah. are open. Oh, I didn't know they were open. Uh, that's what I heard, that they're open. I don't think they're open in Virginia. Okay. Anyway, I'm not picking on that because I can, I can pick on, it's not a political thing. Well, it might be, but it's not, a, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that why can you, um, buy weed, but not paint? Why can you go to a liquor store, but not church? I mean, why does our governor decide to close the beaches in Orange County today? There's big protests today, by the way. Um, when we know that sunlight and that fresh air are good for, for this whole thing. Yeah. And last weekend when it was open, there was no big gatherings or crowds. People spaced themselves out. People are responsible. Okay, yeah. I heard that there was well, so, But you know what? It, it, they're, they're called public beaches. So I don't know how the governor has the right to close a public beach. Did you see the post I put up? No. It's this guy on the beach all by himself and two cops like taking him off and it says, oh maybe it's the actual picture and it says um, the caption is, why aren't you at Walmart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I drove up to Ventura to go to the beach on Tuesday mm -hmm. and um, you could be in the water, you could walk, and you could exercise, but you could not just sit by yourself. There was nobody else around me. You couldn't sit on a towel? No, you, they, they, and they were patrolling. And you had to move okay. on. So, we're, so let me ask a question. Do guys sit in a little... You're right, you're right, though. Okay, it's going to get started because i got a whole bunch of stuff here. Sorry. All right. But do guys just sit in a room and think, okay, towels, no good. Walking, okay. Um, you know, I mean, what, what are they... I mean, how do they come up with this stuff? Tomato seeds, no good. All right? Marijuana, good. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, a lottery store is okay. Church, not okay. Uh, how do they come up with this sort of thing? I mean, I, it's, it's a rhetorical question. I know the answer. And Whitney, who, Whitney um, who's a... Uh, I don't know if you know Whitney. Whitney B, do you know Whitney? Okay, you might. I can't remember. She, she and I were chatting this morning because she referred me to somebody who wants to interview me mm -hmm. or do a, a, a podcast with me. And we, we got this into this chat this morning. And she's, we were talking about how there's a lot of skepticism now about whether or not getting antibodies to this virus is going to be protective 
and whether or not there's going to be mutations and and if you get it once can you get it again and all this stuff and now there's a lot that's a lot of that stuff floating around and so she says so she says why is there skepticism about antibodies conferring protection and if they are chasing a vaccine to produce antibodies good question i know but nobody will ask it of any of any somebody in authority Oh, I'm like, you're asking. No, I mean, nobody's going to sit there at a press conference and ask Dr. Fauci or anybody else. So you're going to make a, you're going to, we're going to keep everybody inside till we get a vaccine, but you're already complaining that people who are getting the, getting exposed and getting IgG to this may be able to catch it again or may not be immune to the next. So what's the point of a vaccine? Uh, yeah, like the flu. Like the flu. Right. And it changes every season and the vaccine is only like 15% Active. Yeah, know. and life is a balancing act, and you have to balance. I'm not interested in saying sorry. Yeah, you have to balance. There are people that are going to die, but people are going to die from everything. I mean, if you want to avoid death altogether on the highway, you can drop the speed limit to 30 miles an hour. Isn't it true though, in Europe and stuff, where they don't have um, okay. restrictions, they have a lot less accidents? Than they well, they have they have these beautiful roads called in Germany and Austria called the Autobahn, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to drive there. I was going 110 miles an hour. It was great. And you don't, you don't even know. It. It's like going 80. It's like going 80. You just really don't know it because, yeah, and they're, and they're beautiful. And they're actually banked. Some of the, some of the curves are, are slightly banked. What does that like, mean? Like on, a, like on a racetrack. Yeah. They're sloped. So oh. The, yeah. So when you, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason uh, why it, and, and why that happens. And I'm really getting concerned about censorship. From, yeah. big, from by big tech, yeah. uh, taking down dissenting opinions or which are scientific and then you know. I heard that about Twitter. Twitter, mm -hmm. YouTube, which is owned by Google and Facebook, are all removing things that may go against the WHO or whatever else. Which is interesting now because the WHO just came out yesterday and said that the Swedish model is actually a pretty good idea. Mm. Okay, so now all the people that were bashing Sweden, what are they going to what are they going to say now? I'm just I'm, I'm scared about this tech thing more than anything else because dissent is the nature of, of our American culture and being able to have alternate opinions. And when the only access to large groups is through these three major companies, and they're going to censor people who have views that are they consider to be anti-science, which of course is not true because no one knows what the science really is right now. Mm -hmm. We're going to look back at this era and we're going to say, God, what we did in March was really stupid. What we did in April was stupider, and then we'll figure it out later on. I mean, we're going to find out well, down the road. Well, science isn't always completely accurate. No. And Historically. So, so we, why, we get to have So the reason that you censor dissent is because you're uncertain of your position. If you're certain of your position, you welcome dissent because you want to debate it, mm -hmm. which is how I feel about Breach birth, home birth. Be interesting to see what happens when this Johns Hopkins doctor and I talk, um, and what what position she takes and that sort of thing. But I, I I'm open to debate that. But you won't get people who are anti home birth to actually debate somebody like me um, on an open forum. They'll rather, they'll want to silence people. And I don't consider myself to be uh, on the same level as these 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 ER doctors who had the, their video went viral and then it was taken down. And now there's people that are putting out stuff about UV light being good, and that's being taken down. Why? Why would you take it down? You, know, you can build a bomb. You can find out how to build a bomb on YouTube. That's not taken down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So keep asking. This is what we talked about last week. You just keep asking questions. People keep asking where I'm moving to. <laughs> right. Is there any place left I can go? Well, no. My 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 plan of ultimately is to to, to split time between LA and, and uh, um outside of Salt Lake City, so maybe up in Utah, up, up near Park City in that area, or maybe, maybe up near Logan. But that's a whole different topic of conversation. That was, that was going to actually happen this summer after Bliss and I got back from Ecuador, but that ain't happening, so it's all, it's all changed. All right, so I got, I got another um, question from um, one of my clients, uh, Linda B., who lives in Agora. And she says that she wants to know um, about inflating COVID deaths for money. She asked the question, 
you know, there, there's a rumor going around that, that hospitals, even when people don't die from COVID, oh, he's they're, about this they're putting COVID on the thing. Mm-hmm. And because the Medicare is reimbursing more for that diagnosis. So I did a little bit of research on that. And I found it was all sort of stemmed from a Minnesota uh, legislator named, his last name was Jensen, who made a comment on April 8th. And he said, I would remind, um, he was talking about, I'm not sure, maybe it was, I don't know who he was talking about, whoever him is, but I would remind him that anytime healthcare intersects with dollars, it gets awkward. Right now, Medicare has determined that if you have a COVID-19 admission to the hospital, you get paid $13,000. If that COVID-19 patient goes on a ventilator, you get paid $39,000, three times as much. He said, and then his, his, his controversial statement was, nobody can tell me after 35 years in the world of medicine that sometimes those kinds of things impact on what we do. And they absolutely impact on what we do. We know people do extra testing for dollars. We know people do NST starting at 39 weeks for no reason, ultrasounds and no reason. If they didn't charge for it, it would still be bad. It would still be wrong. But... They charge for these things. They do these things. We all do it. They all upgrade. We all upcode. And when I include myself, yeah, because Medicare, when I used to take insurance, if I saw somebody in the office for 10 minutes, I get paid less than if I saw them for 15 minutes. All right. But some people work faster than others. And so you would tend to upcode things. Just like a lawyer who's flying to Sacramento for one of his clients is billing the client that he's flying to Sacramento for. But while he's on the plane, he's reading a brief for another client and charging that client at the same time. This is all done. It's, it's human nature to be tempted to do this. So I did look into it, Linda, and I found that there was no, there's no direct evidence that this is happening, but then there's no way I think that they would have direct evidence this early on. But hospitals are struggling financially. So when people are struggling financially, what do they do? Find ways. They find ways to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. If people are starving. What do they do? They steal food. I was going to say, probably crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They steal food. Yeah. All right. So hospitals are starting to close, not because of the coronavirus. We've heard this. Everybody's heard this. I'm sure that you've been listening. Hospitals are closing because um, all the elective surgeries have been canceled. People don't want to go there for mild things. Or the um, yeah. One of, um, one, of my midwives, uh, one of my friend midwife friends in Orange County called me this morning, and she had a person that had a postpartum hemorrhage. And she drew a hematocrit at the time that she started her IV and sent it off stat, came back at 7.2, gave her four liters of fluids. So that made, I'm sure that hematocrit was much lower than that. And she asked me, should I send her to the hospital? I said, well, is she stable? Is she making urine? Is she dizzy? What's her, what's her pulse? What's that, all that stuff? And, and just, is, you know, the only risk you have by keeping her at home when they're young it's not a risk of heart attack or something. If somebody's seven years old and has that kind of blood loss, yeah, then there would be a problem. But at home, they could bleed again, and they have no reserve. But she wasn't going to go, and so she stays home. The and woman wasn't going to go? The woman wasn't going to go. Even, even if she recommended it? If she was dizzy, no, if she was dizzy or couldn't stand up or, or, or was passing out, then she'd have to go. They'd have to call 911. Mm-hmm. But if she's stable and can stay in bed and has somebody to watch her very closely and can eat and drink, then whether hemoglobin is five or seven or nine, you know, it'll come back because she's young. But it's, it's you know, people don't want to go to the hospital was my point. Yeah. In a normal setting, if that would have happened, you probably would have transported that somebody. You lost the, she, she put it down as 1,300 cc blood loss. Right. Yeah. So that means, that means it could have been 1,500 or 1,700. Mm-hmm. Now, this woman was apparently about five foot four inches tall, weighed 115 pounds pregnant. So I actually calculated, I actually went online and I calculated her blood volume. And a normal blood volume for her would be about 3,200 cc's. So she would have lost more than a third of her blood volume. In pregnancy, it would have been about 4,500 cc's. So she lost about 28, 30% of her blood volume. Um, that's a lot in a sudden sudden moment. You can do that gradually and be fine. But she didn't want to go. So my point is that hospitals are, die, are starving for business. And some of them are going out. Some of them are furloughing their healthcare workers in time of this whole thing, like any other business. Yeah. They have to. They have a bottom line. They have yeah. to keep it open. Yeah. What can you do? Right. Did, did you just, can you scroll back? I think there was a. No, I saw. It. Well, it was a big one. What does it say? I saw. It. She left Facebook for a while. Oh, because of censoring. Her husband's post and friends were judgmental about her spending time outside. Yeah, it's hard on Facebook. I get it. I have um, I have 
some times where I censor myself <laughs> because, um, you know, saying that you um, want to live your life and be outside and, um, you know, be responsible, taking precautions, people are calling you selfish. Some of my family, you know, we just have different values about all of that. Um, but, you know, we, we don't know what people are dealing with. You know, in my particular case, obviously, I'm, I'm grieving. And, um, you know, I'm not suicidal, but there are people who are depressed and suicidal, and they know that their strategies to be able to cope with their mental health issues is to get outside or to go to church or to right. see a friend, you know, and that, how is that any less important um, go to the beach. than, than, we have a friend that does beach Fridays, we have a friend that does beach Fridays, and, mm -hmm. you know, that's their family tradition forever, and now they, they can't do that, that's, so now they're cooped up inside, it's a big deal. Yeah. And when you use any COVID death as your primary endpoint, that's simplistic. It's simplistic, but it's what's going on. And there's a huge divide in the country right now. Um, this is, I, I, I made these notes this morning when I was thinking about this, and I put, like global warming, vaccination, and even abortion, it seems that COVID response, um, we are totally polarized with no hope of finding any middle ground. Yeah. Right? There's a civil war going on of sorts, and people I respect and share their views with like my breach buddy, David, and even my VBAC buddy, Jen, you know, we agree on everything regarding informed consent and breach and VBAC and all those things. And yet I have a completely different viewpoint on that. And if I were to express that to some of my friends, not necessarily those two, they would disown me or get bashed. When I say, like when I put my post up with the two babies and say, no more masks for us. All right, or no masks for us. Um, there's people that think that we should just continue this lockdown until there is no more coronavirus. And there are really good world experts that are not being heard. There's a guy in Finland who says that the longer that we lock down people, the then if we don't let people get out and get exposed to each other, this will go on forever. Because ultimately, these things usually burn themselves out when people are congregating. But when you break people out, there'll be repeat surges all the time. For so immunity. Yeah, it's even, it's, it's, it, yeah, I guess that's what it's called. There's a different, herd immunity means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. But this response to this is, is going to drag this out for much, much longer. And some of my friends believe that if you don't wear a mask, if you go to the beach, if you go to a protest, that you are being, you know, some, you're, you're a bad person. Selfish. Selfish, yeah, she wants Granny to die. And oh, you only care about the stock market. That's the, that's, the, that's, that's the only one I've heard, right? Right. I mean, almost every almost every worker, almost. And, and the other thing that all really annoys me too about this whole thing is that is that it's only affecting the private sector. I have yet to hear of any government employees that aren't getting a paycheck. Right. Yeah. But what I do want to tell you, if anybody knows anything different, like if anybody's a government employee here and you're and you're and you're furloughed without a paycheck. I'd like to. I'd like to know about it. I mean, look at the like like the. Um, you can't get a birth certificate down in Los Angeles if you do a home birth. I thought they were doing it online. Well, well maybe they are, but I've heard that. I, well, they're switching, but for a month or so, you could. Yeah. But yet, the birth certificate people were getting paid. What were they doing? The home birth piece of people. What were they doing? You know, I, I know a friend of mine who works for an organization that does a lot of FOIA requests. FOIA is the Freedom of Information Act. All right. That's the watchdog that watches the government, make sure that what they're doing is is legitimate and not sneaky. All right. Like there's a lot of sneaky stuff going on. And there has been for quite, you know, my entire life. But you know, in government, in government. Yeah. So the FOIA right now, FOIA is closed. You cannot get a Freedom of Information Act request processed. Yet the people that work in the FOIA office are all getting paid. Well, I think a lot of, in a lot of companies, there are people, if the company can do it, where people are getting paid and not working. Not all companies can do that. Yeah, but, so there, but there's no incentive for the government employees to lobby on behalf of other workers and say, listen, we need to get this lockdown over. Mm -hmm. They're getting paid to stay home. Human nature says... It's not a bad deal. Right. One of the things I don't, whenever you reach out and you touch me like that, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, 
All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Calm down. One of the things I oh, wanted uh, to say to you is, you know, you said I'm not, I'm not an expert on, you know, some of these things. And I've been listening to a lot of people talking. And I think, I think the thing that we have to remember is that we are experts on something. So, you know, you can say, I don't necessarily know everything about this, this, the vaccine or immunology or, but I am an expert on babies. I am an expert on home birth. You know, somebody I was listening to was saying that he didn't believe that politics was going to get us out of a lot of the issues that we're having, that spirituality would be the thing that would ultimately, you know, get us through times like this. And he was saying, you know, I'm not an expert on a lot of this stuff, but I do know, you know, what his specialty is. So, and then I heard another woman, you know, we're talking about um, getting bashed on Facebook and all of that from, from people who have um, different views. And this woman was talking about, like, you can come from your story and your perspective. And I think that we, you know, you and I don't always agree on things. Nope. But, we have, <laughs> but we have to give each other the opportunity to, to speak respectfully. And I see you as a whole person. Mm -hmm. So... You know, you have a right to your opinion about something. Yeah, in the, micro, in the micro, I think that people could get along really well. In the macro, there, you know, especially in the nameless, faceless, anonymous world of social media, you can get away with saying just about anything to anybody. So people do that. And uh, if you read the comment section, somebody writes an article against against something that the mainstream media or that. Uh, Sorry, choking on something. COVID. <laughs> Science. Corona no. is my um, if, if somebody writes an article and, they, and you look at and then it's contrary to, say, the, the mainstream thinking, and you look at the comments section, sometimes it's vicious. Oh, yeah. That's why I don't say a lot of stuff online. Right. But, um, so I wanted to thank Laura Hamilton for my cute little mouse. Can you guys see it? I'm going to lean on. you got to go to this one, too. Yeah, it's vaginas. Well, no, it's bulbous, right? Yeah, now. I mean, bulbous. it's funner to say vagina. Yeah, it's a makes a, vagina Thank makes you. little kids laugh. <laughs> Thank you, Laura, for my gift. I so appreciate it. I have really <laughs> tiny ears, so I have to make an adjustment because it won't be on my ear. Yes. Well, you could just make a little strap that goes all the way behind it. That's right. Right, and it'll just put it on like that. See, I can wear on my face I think Stu should wear it. I think you guys want to vote if Stu should wear it. Yeah, let's put it on. Let's put it on. See if it works. Oops. I think it's the other way. <laughs> you can't wear it. Upside down. Upside down. Yeah, because the wire is here. Oh. That goes over your ears. I thought that was over my beard. <laughs> okay. Could it fit your ears? No, but it's gonna make me cough. Oh, my mouth. Crap. Okay. Okay. What else do you have on your list? What else do I have on my list? Um, More questions? No, there was a question about testing. Um, somebody put a question about should we test everybody and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the tests right now are not necessarily that reliable. So. No, I just, don't I, just don't, I just don't trust them very much. And you can't wait for a vaccine because for two reasons. One, three reasons. I'll probably come up with a fourth. <laughs> three reasons. One, that, that you don't want somebody to rush a vaccine through. All right? That's... We already don't. We already, a lot of us don't already trust the vaccine research anyway. So um, you don't want it to rush it through, and they're trying to rush it through. All right, that's one. Two is that we just already talked about it earlier. Is that what makes you think the vaccine is going to be working? Mm -hmm. And then three is are they going to mandate and force us to take it in order to travel? Did you say you have four? No, I said I have three, but I probably will come up with I a have four. Oh, what's your four? So, and then it affects your natural immunity, like we were talking about. Right, that's your right. That, you know, it may protect you from that one particular thing, maybe, um, but it could throw off your immunology and you could be susceptible to lots of other things. So, we just don't understand enough about it. Um, and I, I just can't imagine that, that, you know, one, that we want to be living this life like this for that, that long. And the other is that um, that as a as a as a society that we can sustain it. You know, my friend is getting unemployment. Yeah. He gets an extra six hundred dollars a week. How yeah. how yeah. long can that happen? No, it's only it's like for two months, I think. That they're gonna make That's a lot. No, they're paying double what he would make. 
yeah, or whatever. A lot of people are getting twice as much money being on a For all of the people who are on Yeah, the, 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 look at I don't, I just don't, the math doesn't add up for people who go into politics does not make them experts at anything. All right. And they're making all the rules for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And we got to stop voting for the same people all the time. When November comes around, um, if you can think about the people that have promoted the things that you don't like and donate to their opponents and speak out about it and vote somebody else in. Politicianship was not meant to be a lifelong career. And most of these guys, what, I got a thumbs down? No, there's glitches, I guess, on on Instagram. Yeah, nobody on this better give me a thumbs down. (laughs) Sorry. No, but but politicians were not meant to, not supposed to do this for, for a lifetime. All right, they were supposed to be citizen politicians. And the fact is that people do it for a lifetime they become, they, they get distanced from their community. And, and so I just think that what's so funny about the whole thing is that Congress right now has like a 13% approval rate. They're not even in session in this crisis. They're, they're all at home, mm-hmm. all right? 13% approval rating, yet 98% of them get reelected. So that's what I call a cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Because how is it that your guy is so worthy of re-election, but, but the rest of the Congress people, you hate them all. 87% of people think they, sh- they suck. So I don't, I mean, I understand it. These are rhetorical questions I'm asking people. I totally get it. Political. Yeah. So here's another political thing that, that's, well, it's not necessarily one side or the other, but my friend Audrey sent this to me, and I'm not sure who wrote it, but she says it's not about your health. You may have, some of you may have seen this already. She says, when the state tells you it's safe to go to the Home Depot to buy a sponge, but dangerous to go and buy a flower, it's not about your health. When the state shuts down millions of private businesses but doesn't lay off a single government employee, it's not about your health. When the state bans dentists because it's unsafe but deems abortion visits safe, it's not about your health. When the state prevents you from buying cucumber seeds because it's dangerous but allows in-person lottery ticket sales, it's not about your health. When the state tells you it's dangerous to go golf alone, fish alone, or be in a motorboat alone, but the governor can get his stage makeup done and hair done. Okay. Um, For five TV appearances a week, it's not about your health. When the state puts you in jail cell for walking in a park with your child because it's too dangerous, but lets criminals out of jail cells for their health, it's not about your health. When the state tells you it's too dangerous to get treated by a doctor of chiropractic or physical therapy treatments, It deems a liquor store essential. It's not about your health. When the state lets you go to the grocery store or hardware store, but is demanding mail-in voting, it's not about your health. Wake up, people. If you think this is all about your health, you're mistaken. Open your eyes. Stop being led by like blind sheep. So most of that stuff I agree with. There's some of the stuff that I, I understand why things are doing it. They're doing things a little differently. But you have to think about that. So... There's no rhyme or reason. I mean, we do have a we do have a petri dish of fifty different states doing fifty different things, and I like that. That's called federalism, and I like it. I think it's great. But there's no logic. People think that this is scientific to not sell cucumber seeds or paint. Well, I mean, again, like I said at the very beginning, are people sitting in a little room advising their, the governors to do these sorts of things or the mayors to do these sorts of things? I mean. Nobody under 20 years old is dying from this disease, and yet our mayor goes and takes dump sand in a skateboard park to prevent kids from skateboarding. They just don't want anybody outside. Yeah, but, there's no, but, that, but, the, but the science says that probably being outside is the best thing you can do. I understand. And they're preventing you from being outside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, leave it to the American citizens to be smart enough. Give them guidelines. Give them advice. And then let, let us be Americans and let us go out and do it and let us police ourselves. Stop asking for people to snitch on each other. That's very un-American. I hate that sort of thing. But, you know, people will be responsible. There will be, always be idiots. There's always idiots. All right? There are always people that will do stupid things. I mean, that's why they have sh- those movies like, uh, what's the movies where the guys were lying on railroad tracks and stuff like that? Um, Dumbass. Dumbass, yeah. Jackass or <laughs> Jackass. Jackass. <laughs> yeah, jackass movies, or they have the Darwin Awards for stupid people. But 
to, to try to mandate that we that, that people in Huntington Beach can't go to their beach. It just that that's Gestapo attack. All right. Done ranting. What else what else is coming up? Yeah. <laughs> um what oh um I did have a hemorrhage. We didn't talk about that. Oh, you had another? This is a tough week for you. No, that was the end of last week. Oh. I think that was right. Um, well, this is the end of this week, so it's still within the week. I think it must have been Friday night after. Yeah, less than, last less, than seven, less than seven days. Yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, I gave her five bags of fluid because we didn't want to take her to the hospital. I've never, never done that before. And um, did misoprostol and, and uh, Pitocin, went in for clots. Uh, this happened last week, too. <laughs> Yeah, I think the timing is bad because our our um, my partner's always here. Um, and I uh, gave her a catheter, so she had this beautiful, fast, amazing delivery. And then um, we had all of these other issues that I had to deal with. So. Hannah says, uh, "Yeah, don't stress. My 88-year-old grandma tested positive, never got symptoms, and then got a positive antibody test." Good for her. She must be really healthy. Good stock, Hannah. That's amazing. I did do your um your tonic drink the other night after, oh, the, the, uh, after that one that came to my house. What's it called? Uh, what soda? Um, Schweppes. Schweppes. Although it's tonic water. Schweppes tonic water. water. Uh-huh, yeah. Somebody's giving you a compliment. Did you see that? Uh-uh, it's a superficial question from Mary, but she says she loves your hair color. <laughs> did you do it by yourself? Um, well, this is funny. Normally, I don't do it by myself um, because if you guys remember, I'm really completely gray. I'm like this underneath this. Yeah. Um, a while, years ago, I cut it all off, and then I decided I wasn't quite ready for that. Um, you look good that way, too. Thank you. You did. Um, but my, my hair colorist, who I've been with for a very long time, she sent me a little touch-up thing, so I got to do my, my roots. So that cat's out of the bag for that one. So kind of, I kind of did it by myself, but with help. And I'm going to cut Stu's hair after we hang Yeah, up. yeah, I got my little, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll grab it. Yeah. I'm not very good at it, by the way, so. <laughs> got my little, my little hair trimmer. But I'll do my best. <laughs> so. um, anybody have any other questions for us before we uh, sign off today? I've had a lot of Zoom meetings. I, I keep having Zoom meetings with people. Okay, I have a lot of I have a lot of Zoom meetings with people. I've got another one I think later today or maybe it's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, I'm speaking to people all over the country. That's really interesting. I may even have a, a set of twins coming down from Idaho for the fall. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I told oh no, it was for June. It was for June. And I said, listen, if uh, all my May people deliver and you come down the end of May because you'll be 35, 36 weeks, mm -hmm. and they're all delivered, then we'll go in caravan up to Utah, <laughs> okay? And we'll, we'll have your baby in Utah, which is a lot closer to Idaho, mm -hmm. right? It'll be my first delivery in Utah. She, like she, she'd love to do that, yeah. She said, I'll meet me in Utah. Um, and then I had a Zoom meeting with my boys this week. We, we, did, a, we did a LA Kings, um, just, we just chatted about hockey because we're so missing hockey. So, do we have time for another question? Uh, you know, I, I honestly, I, I uh, if the social distancing thing is, it makes sense, then masks probably make sense when you're in, in inside spaces. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense when you're outside spaces. Not in your car by yourself. Not yeah. exercising. Don't drive with gloves and a mask. Don't exercise. Leave it on. Just, just use common sense. But if they would let me out of my house, I would wear a mask. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. Uh, Facebook uh, Instagram Live is going to end, so um, please join us next week. You can um, say it here. Say it here. Oh, please join us next week, and um, we love you so much. We're going to make sure Stu turns it off properly this time, so that you don't have five yeah. minutes of us talking oh, about nonsense. Yeah. And uh, we were, we were going to get uh, professional mics, I think, uh, to hook into our things. We're going to test them out better this week. Better sounds next week. So we'll have better sound. Um, and that's about it. So so stay healthy and uh, enjoy yourself. Any questions, go to askdrstew at gmail.com or? Uh, probably DM me on Instagram. Um, 
Birthing Bliss Midwick. Right. And you can find me at birthinginstincts.com and you can find Bliss's website at birthingbliss.com. All right. We'll see you all uh, next week. Bye-bye.